and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I am your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelists Ben Moore. What up? Michael Damiani. How's it going? My noble co-moderator, Mr. Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. And making this all happen by starting the Zoom call in Slack, Ian Hank. Hi. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We are here to discuss some of the biggest headlines in the world of video games. But before we do that, we must first atone for all of the mistakes we made last week. Ian, please begin corrections music. Boop. Only three this week. I'm proud. Oh. We didn't mention Krata in our Q3 rundown, a Stadia exclusive launching on yeah. July 1st. Every time we do Pop-Tarts and Toaster Turtles, every time we talk about a quarter coming up, we're going to forget at least one. Well, I, not even forget, just, just selectively yeah. choose those <laughs> Just didn't mention. There's a lot of games. Uh, Serious Sam is releasing on PC and Stadia at the same time. I think we said it was coming to Stadia first. Stadia has a timed console exclusivity, so it won't be out on PS4 and Xbox One until sometime in 2021. Getting caught on that a lot lately, calling things quote-unquote exclusive, but it means it's just console exclusive. Uh, and I addressed the, uh, in the last podcast, we talked about some uh, allegations that are continuing into this week uh, of sexual harassment, sexual misconduct. And I rattled off a bunch of names because I wanted to cover uh, that they was covering all sorts of different parts of the industry, you know, from, uh, uh, from streamers to gamers to developers. And uh, did it a little bit sloppy because I didn't do a ton of research on each case. You know, definitely wanted to say, you know, uh, you know, believe these stories that are coming out, you know, for the sake of the people uh, that uh, are accusing, but at the same time, you know, innocent till proven guilty. And uh, I thank you for people that commented on that. Thank you for the discussion that happened last week around that podcast because uh, difficult times, difficult issues. I want to make sure to do them effectively here on this podcast. And while a lot of people definitely uh, do not want to talk about politics, it seems in, in this, at least in 2020, it is potentially unavoidable uh, as you will experience later on in this podcast but thank you for voicing your opinions I'm very eager to get better at this gig uh, and I can do that uh, with people letting me know how so thank you for that and corrections music please Boop. before we get into all of the headlines I want to play gaming gladiators all of you I just need to know your bets because I'm going to set up a gladiatorial arena where I want for everyone's amusement video game characters to battle to the death I'm asking people at our $5 and above tier on patreon.com slash easy allies to let me know who they would like to see fight I'm very excited to have Ben Moore on so I can offer him Abdullah's entry Dante versus Bayonetta <laughs> uh. Dante popped up a lot I think this is the only person I saw come after Bayonetta maybe one person mentioned in the past and technically Abdullah's uh, post was from last week but it was so good uh, I had to bring it up this week now that I got Ben. Because I don't know. I'm curious. Let's place our bets. Man. Place your bets. Oh, good. Two, I'm glad it wasn't titans. easy. Yeah. No, it's not easy. This is like a battle for my soul. <laughs> I feel like I whatever I pick, I'm going to have to like take the other game and look at it so I can bet it and like profusely apologize. I don't know. Um, okay. Let's dig into the lore. Okay. <laughs> Let's dig into the lore. So, we're, we're rating things as it is in the current time, right? Okay, so we're going we're gonna to put real-world lore in and the, the video game lore into it. One of the themes, uh, kind of, of Devil May Cry 5 is sort of a, a, a passing on of the torch and the next generation and kind of, like, settling things of the past and moving on into the future. Um, and Devil May Cry 5 is an incredible game. I would argue one of the best games of last year and I would passionately defend it any year that it would come out for Game of the Year. It's wonderful. I immensely enjoyed my time with it, but it's time for Bayonetta 3. It's time. (laughs) 
So I think Dante would understand that as well. And I think he would say to Bayonetta, let's rock. And and they'd both kind of nod at each other. And so I think I'm going to give the nod to Bayonetta. Nice. Setting her up for an incredible third chapter. May, hopefully it'll be as good as Dante's Devil May Cry 3 because that game is a 10 out of 10. Before we move on, Ben, how are you feeling about Bayonetta 3? Are you frustrated that we haven't heard a lot? Or are you just like, hey, take your time, take your time. There's nothing it's to feel be- yet. There's <laughs> nothing no, to feel yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you tense? Are you, are you? I don't know. I definitely thought we would have heard something by now. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what to feel. I, I think there's a lot of things that like I could say, but it's all just completely baseless speculation that is probably wrong. And so my hope is that everything is going well and that it will be out soonish. I think they even commented on it recently. Yeah, we might get news like, yeah, before things are, things are fine. Before uh, non-patrons get the podcast on Sunday, so we don't want to presume too much. Yeah, but we do have a lot of news to cover. Xbox Summer Game Fest will have over sixty at-home demos, and. A lot of people might look at that headline and say, like, yeah, demos are great. You know, there's, there's press events, there's games coming out. I've played a demo of a game that has not come out yet. But this is very interesting and very unique. From July 21st to July 27th, and we are in July now, uh, we will get access to these demos. They will, in Microsoft's terms, quote, evaporate at the end of the week. Uh, and we have some games that they are going to, uh, we have some names of games that they are going to include, but the full list will come or come soon, closer to the 21st. Uh, yeah. Look for the special Game Fest demo tile on the Xbox One dashboard. So you'll be able to play all of these games on the Xbox One dashboard. And I'm a little confused because in their blog post they said by the end of it they will have somewhere between 75 and 100 games when the dust settles. So I don't know why they're saying 60 games, but then later they're saying that number could jump up to 100. What that extra 40 demos are or if that's just you know games that they're going to talk about during that period or what that means. But Blood, why is this crazy? Why is this unique? Uh, well, I mean, this is crazy and unique because, uh, I mean, specifically, as they detail in the blog post, uh, these aren't just your typical demos that are like, you know, games about to come out in two weeks. Here is a little slice of it. Like some of these games are still potentially years away. Uh, so these are more equivalent to uh, a show floor demo that you would get at E3 or PAX or something like that. That's usually a lot more, you know, guarded and secured because you know like that you know that game's easy to break you know like i remember like some turok game at e3 where like everyone that played it like it crashed you know uh so they've got a a they've got to get a lot of people on board with this idea and then b like everybody that's getting on board has like really polished this thing up uh so that it's more playable at a consumer level um, and, you know, doesn't have back doors to, like, get you access to parts of the games that they don't want you in. Uh, but I think that's part of the, the vanishing nature of it, right? If you only have a week to play this thing uh, and then it doesn't work anymore, then, you know, people can't hack and, and find secret characters or weapons or, you know, other things that don't make it to the final game, etc. I'm sure uh, none of that will happen. <laughs> uh, but that you was did. what I was wondering about was, are these going to be streamed or are they going to be actually you download them i, I wonder i think that that yeah they're not talking about xcloud at all so i would think oh. that they're downloadable yeah that's risky <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and you sniffed out blood that jeff Keeley was very involved in this i mean it's not you know 
uh, it is pretty obvious because it is, it is officially a part of the Summer Game Fest. This is not just something that Xbox is branding, branding by themselves. Yeah. Uh, but you did reach out to Jeff Keighley on Twitter, and he did respond, yes, this is something that has been in the works. Um, you could see Keighley's fingerprints all over this. Uh, what, what was it about the event that uh, just just smelled like Keighley? Oh, I mean, it's just the branding. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, seeing the branding all over it and, you know, seeing him tweet about it and, like, you know, I, just, I, I knew he'd have to have been the one kind of pushing for this. Um, and, you know, and from what he said, yeah, he's been working on it since uh, Game Awards uh, when, you know, they kind of did some similar things with Steam. So he's just making sure that, like, okay, now this is, like, happening on consoles as well as PC. Which um, totally makes so, sense because yeah. he, he backed out of E3 long before COVID or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I, I figured he was percolating something like this. So to see this, it's like, yep, uh-huh, there it is. And I that's why this story stands out to me. It's why I want to start the podcast with it, because we all wondered what, not just E3, but what the summer was going to look like, because we were heading towards you know, the beginning of a new console generation. There are a lot of games that have not been announced yet. There's a lot of titles that we are waiting, that we kind of have, had, have been rumored that we're waiting to see if we're getting them this year or next year. And we've had a lot of different parties jump in and start new live streams for game announcements. And it's interesting to see what game gets announced where or how many games are included in one press conference. But now we're talking demos. Now we're talking actually checking out the games. And so it's interesting that Xbox is, is really putting themselves out there. Damiani, I, is this going to backfire? If this doesn't go well and people just complain about these games, oh, this game looks terrible. It's like, well, it's a work in progress. Do you think this could potentially be bad news for Xbox, or this could be something they regret? I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a chance for that. Obviously, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. Uh, I think that this is something that people have been wanting for a long time for E3 to have uh, demos that weren't just restricted to the show floor. There are people who can't go to E3. There are people who have wanted to have access to this, and I, I, I think this is a good thing to to have these available. Um, uh, yeah, streaming them might have been a better option so that they can't be saved, but this is something I think that needs to be tried out. It's definitely something you need to try out because I think this is a good evolution of helping with early game coverage and for doing something something E3 might need to do to evolve in the future if they want to ever come back. This would be a great thing to do, but I, I see this only as a positive, honestly. So many people who cannot get access to E3 each year, who get shut out from it for whatever reason, want this. They want to have the hands-on. Yes, they read impressions from journalists and outlets, but ultimately people just want to play the games themselves and see what they're like, and I, I think this is a really good thing. I just see I, so many people developing opinions about games they've never played <laughs> or games that they've only seen a trailer of or just get like a small taste of. And so just any kind of issues that are, are just apparent. Like we've been, we've been to preview events, we've been to shows, we've played demos, and even for games we are super excited about have weird issues here and there. So I wonder uh, just, again, how that's going to work. Something, go. something cool about this, too, that maybe won't happen this year, but if this does keep going on, I'd love to see developers uh, intentionally hiding things in these demos, knowing they're going to be hacked and data mined. Like, so, like, intentionally <laughs> leaking things just as a marketing ploy. Mm-hmm. I want to see that happening, because that would be so much fun. Like, Can ARG for all of these. Sure. First of all, like, I want... Smells like Keeley dish soap. That's what I want. <laughs> I want that so smell permeating my apartment. I want to wake up and go, ah, it smells like Keeley. It seems like a good way to start the day. Maybe I'm trying to remember what he smells like. Maybe smells Bug like Snacks. Yeah. I bet he does smell like Bug Snacks. He probably smells like a weird combination of like 
Bug snacks and Doritos or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's the moment we lost our Keeley support. It's over. He's, he's running this off. I've put I up kid, with a lot of banter from um, you guys over the years. <laughs> no, but the second thing is, I, I, I run into this problem with indie showcases as well. And, like, I really enjoyed watching um, the various indie showcases that we watched together this year. But sometimes structurally uh, it can be so much and you can see so many titles immediately that it can be a little bit overwhelming and it's like 60 titles is a lot of titles to download and try out and they're only there for a limited time and so i i'm on one hand i think it's awesome that it's such a high volume but but realistically you know it, it trying out as much as you can it seems a little a little much, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit worried that maybe some things will be ignored or not given a fair chance just because there's mm. there's so many options to choose from. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Like with the the Steam demos that happened when they were like 900, I'm like I'm <laughs> yeah. just immediately intimidated. Like I don't even I don't know where to start. I got enough games to deal with on my own without worrying about this. Uh, but on this end, like I actually do want to. You know, I I am curious to see what they have. I am curious to see whether we can, you know, organize more coverage around these. You know, we've been able to get some private demos, but it would be cool to see some other games that are, are getting put out there. Well, and, um, and good, then, you know, what's up? Well, I was going to say good news is that if there are exactly 60 demos and they're available for seven days and you dedicated a full work day, an eight-hour day, you could dedicate 55.8 <laughs> minutes to each game. So this is a pretty good shake. And you could sleep in there too, and maybe you'd have to sleep eat, after eat a the meal eight or two? hours. No, oh, okay. no, no eating, no meals, no, eating. no All breaks. Right. All right, seven yeah. days, no food. Mm. You got well, you can eat and stuff after the eight-hour shift. You get an eight-hour well, shift every day. Are, you are know? all these games actually up? All going to be upcoming, or any of them going to be like recently released games or something like that? I think well, they're all they going to be upcoming this, games. This seems like too many. They games. mentioned Destroy All Humans, which is coming out like days afterwards. Yo, so right. yeah. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, humans. there might be some ones that it's like, oh, this is going to be available or is now available. Maybe we could pass over this. The thing with this, it's it's good to give give these games exposure. Another thing I want to say is that I do think, the going to your point earlier, Jones, when you asked me about whether this could be a disappointment, is that people might be looking for certain games to be a part of this. When they see Xbox games demos, people who don't read as much into this and they're expecting like Halo Infinite to be a part of this. Right. They go that July 21st and they're like, where's Halo? Where's the Halo demo? Like, oh, I want Halo. And they're like, that was not a part of this. They're like, oh, this is dumb. I'm out of here. Like, there's going to be, I think there needs to be at some point, if this works out well, there's going to be a clamoring and demand eventually for like maybe bigger games to be a part of this. This is a good mm -hmm. testing the water, but there's going to be some disappointment that when looking through the list of the games, they're mostly smaller titles and they're not going to be like the, the, the bigger AAA titles. And I, I think they're smart not to start with those because those are the biggest risk. You know, right. put Halo Infinite out there, it gets data mined and stuff. Whoops, that kind of sucks. But at some point, I think there's going to be an expectation for that. Uh, Blood, there is an exclamation point at the end of Destroy All Humans, so I'm going to give you a second chance to, to say that game title. Destroy All Humans. There we go. Uh, also included <laughs> in this pack that we know of right now, Chris Tales, which I'm very excited to check out. Um, uh, you haven't looks, checked that out yet? Um, was there a demo? Is that, that's that's what I was going to say for a year, Jones. Little, yeah. little, <laughs> little cut there. Uh, <laughs> little Bushido Blade kill there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's, that's why he's my noble co-moderator. Uh, Haven, Hellpoint, Skatebird, The Veil, Shadow of the Crown, Raji, and Ancient Epic, and Welcome to Elk. Um, interesting that those were just specifically mentioned, but we'll get more 
it, are they still working out some of those deals or it's, yeah. it's interesting like do do you just not well we don't we don't know when that showcase right is happening so i think that there's a fair chance that some of these games just aren't even announced yet yeah uh, oh, okay and to damiani's point i think there's a fair chance that we might get some first party in there too it's i assume you know, we will yeah it's the first so who knows you know um mm-hmm. What's funny with this too is it because it comes after the showcase, all the demos open up, right? So it's like it'd be well, a bad. Well, we don't know when the showcase is. Well, right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So assuming that this comes after the showcase, it would actually be a weird bad time to do any shadow drops of complete games because they might get buried in all these demos during the showcase. Well, that's. I wonder how we know if something will get buried. I wonder if there's going to be a way to track how many downloads one thing got versus another. Oh, you know, yeah. it's like if if people are streaming this stuff, it'll be interesting to see like what games get yeah. you know, more featured more than others. Uh, and I wonder if that's just kind of an ine- the inevitable nature of trying to get you know eyeballs on your game and get the word out that it's just it, it's not going to work out as well for you as other things. Or even if you have something like Skatebird that like we've known about for a really long time, people might be like, or like you were saying people have played Chris Tales or should have by this point, Bloodworth. So maybe that doesn't necessarily do as well. It has nothing to do with the popularity of the game. It just is, you know, if some of these things, if people get first access to. Um, I just have, I'm so curious how this is going to go. I'm so curious how people are going to react. Because I think this not only has an effect for however long we're going to be, you know, stuck at home, however long, you know, this epidemic is going to continue. If this is Eternally. going to inform... Yeah, a long time. Deep breaths. If this is going to inform other companies on how to do this if if you know sony like kind of raised an eyebrow when they heard about this or um if this is something that uh, other people you know sign up to do as well i hope it goes well i can't help but yeah. have think both sides of it just that again people uh you know um what i don't want to do is be like well you know we've been playing demos like this for a long time like i i'm stoked that people can be a part of this like i'm still i wish there was a way when people that go to e3 that spend all that money to fly out to la to get access to e3 don't have to just play like a game a day because it's the only thing they can do but again there's the question of just so many kiosks so many uh people working there to answer questions and um when you just kind of throw these games out into the world it's just absolutely the last way that these companies want to do this and so um uh, is Xbox being nice here? Are they, or, or do they really think this is smart for their business? I mean, I, I think a, a pretty constant theme for Xbox is they're willing to try new things, and I, I, I like that. I yeah. do. Um, I, I, I agree with you, Brandon, one hundred percent. That I want this kind of trend to continue. I want more people to be able to get out there to try. Uh, games early as often as they can because especially for something like this right where it's focused on smaller games I definitely think that is great a lot of the the the, the biggest battle a lot of these games have is getting access to an audience and even from our perspective it's difficult covering as much as we want to and so to kind of eliminate as many barriers as possible and get those games in people's hands um, I think it's a good idea I have no doubt that like this probably won't be the best way it's ever done. You know, I imagine like anything else in the world, it will improve over time, but I'm glad that they're, they're trying it. Um, one thing that I actually think is kind of a blessing in disguise in a way is that uh, this, uh, there isn't an E3 for this to happen during um, mm-hmm. because yeah. it is like limited to this week. And I feel like a lot of times it happens where oh, there's an E3 announcement, there is a demo for something, but because we're on the show floor and we're you know going from seven in the morning till way after midnight, 
we don't get a chance to try out a lot of that stuff. And so if this were happening during E3 mm -hmm. and everything was going to expire at the end of the week, we would just potentially miss out on, you know, some of these games that, you know, whether like they aren't on the show floor or whether only one of us would get to play it or whatever. Uh, now we're actually, we're going to be at home. Yeah. These things are going to be available. And so I kind of maybe hope that sort of in the future, if they do this during an E3 year, that it does come later and not during the week when all of the noise right. and everyone's trying to shout over, shout out over each other. Or make yeah. it last two weeks or something, yeah. Right. Extended time. I just find so much more value, I guess the best way to put it is put this into words for even like us. Not wasting time having to drive to an event. Not wasting time having to wait in a line. Not needing an appointment. Even people like us, we get gated to some of this stuff. Mm. And being able to play this on our uh, on our own time, it would replace going to the show floor. So we'd have those hours to do this. But at the same time, as far as I know, there's no restriction on this. People can start streaming these games. You can give your like live impressions of these. Imagine yeah. being able to do that with all the E3 games, like even like the bigger Jones games. Jones has done it. Yeah, it's amazing. I, yeah. I, 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 this is the type of thing I want to see going forward because it also takes away a little bit of the control and messaging from the companies because when we go to E3 and we play these games in those environments, it's mostly they want it's a crowded thing. You have like 10, 15 minutes. You only get to play it. It's a stressful situation. This you get to take your time. You can play it maybe multiple times. As you said, more than one of us can play it. We can play it in a group and all kind of comment on it. It, there, it is such so many possibilities for this. I think this is going to be a good thing. I do hope they keep proceeding forward with this and see it as a, a, a positive thing to keep doing. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely think it will be of games of all sizes and I think just this year and the pandemic and everything has has kind of made things weird in a lot of ways. But even last year at BlizzCon, um, that was something that they pushed for very very heavily was having prominent streamers in individual communities stream brand new games. I mean, on the show floor, they had people streaming builds of Diablo Four for people to watch and give feedback on. And I I imagine that will happen. Yeah. Not just with Blizzard, but with other companies as well. Um, uh, Borderlands 3, when yeah. uh, we went to the reveal event, they had a, the press day that, that we were a part of and we you know, captured our footage and packaged it for the next day. Yeah. But then the next day, the streamers came in and from the event space, they were streaming to their channels and people yeah. were, were getting those impressions in real time. The one thing I we worry about with this that I, the only thing I foresee as being a potential trip tripping block, whatever, is uh, just network capacity. Like, if everybody's trying to download all these demos, how hammered is the Xbox Live going to be, you know? I, I mean, I'm mm -hmm. sure they're ramping up for it already, but mm -hmm. hopefully it doesn't pull a, a PSN and, like, go down during the week of these demos. The and I imagine... Is, Ian, I think that this is probably less popular than any given Fortnite event. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah. Well, and I wonder, too, like, if you have to be online, like, does the demo have to, like, ping the server to verify that's, that it's yeah. within that week, you know? Because, like, that's how a lot of stuff works. Because otherwise you just download every demo and then unplug your Xbox from the network and you've got these things forever. I mean, I'm sure code that deletes itself after a week exists, but... Yeah, it's definitely going to authenticate. And it's yeah. definitely going to expire, yeah, for sure. Uh, the other concern is that for this, you know, 
potentially not becoming as widespread as we would love it to be is that it's never an easy thing for these developers to like separate the development of the game right. itself and creating these demos you know that's long been a thing that you know they've said is, is very taxing and they wish they didn't have to do but obviously they want to get impressions they want to get people to get uh hands on their game and so yeah i, I think this is only going to apply to a certain subset of games regardless you know there's so many times that i've been you know in an e3 demo space where you know that thing has just been you know uh finalized overnight in a hotel room or whatever so yeah um you know, like you, if you're there early in the morning, like you're seeing the build the first time that anyone there has seen it. Mm -hmm. Well, and like a, a vertical slice that a consumer can download like this, yeah, it has to be way more rigidly specced out and stuff and like separated from the main game, which is even more work on top of it. So, yeah, I really want to hear from the developers what they think of this idea, maybe after it's all said and done, if they thought it was worth it or not. It'd be interesting to hear their perspectives because like i've done demos that you know it's just the whole game and they're just like okay stop now you know right. and that's like way easier for them to do than making an actual demo vertical I, or a lot of e3 demos will be on timers right yeah, that's always yeah. been like mm -hmm. one of the frustrations with nintendo's things oh, is like man. you'll have an hour-long an appointment but the demo is like programmed to time out at 15 minutes yeah <laughs> uh yeah and length is something i'm curious about uh in terms of comparing one game to another that one game might just be like we're ready to show up you said destroy all humans you know it's just like ah oh, here's this huge complete thing and some other games like we're just not at that state yet it's not the way our game works you know we really yeah. want to just give you this small slice and people are complaining potentially that they're like well that game i played for was able to play for two hours but this thing was just a quick 15 minute action something um but yeah, hope this works out well for Xbox. Hopes this work out, works out well for all of these developers because this is great. I think just think everybody wins uh, if something like this is done well. Um, I wonder how the wording of the inevitable like text blurbs at the front of all these demos, like this is a work in progress. There sure. will be bugs. Like please don't hate us. Don't yeah. <laughs> flame us on Twitter. Like right. <laughs> mm -hmm. PlayStation revealed nine independent games in one day. Shuhei Yoshida said, as some of you may have noticed, I have long been a fan of indie games, and ever since I was appointed as head of Indies Initiative for PlayStation in November last year, I've been working closely with all departments at Sony Interactive Entertainment to elevate our efforts to help make indie developers' lives easier and their titles shine in this super competitive video game market. I'm pleased to formally announce the PlayStation Indies Initiative. With PlayStation Indies, we hope to spotlight and support the best of the best indie games being published on PlayStation and the entire indie community as a whole. Our goal is to make PlayStation the best place to develop, find, and play great indie games. While details are still forthcoming, we're also happy to confirm a new indie title will join the PlayStation Now service every month, starting with Hello Neighbor in July. Please look out for our monthly PS Now posts for more information. And he said more than that, but uh, I think this is interesting because nine games were revealed in one day. It's interesting to have Shu weigh in on it. It's interesting to check back in with PlayStation on how much they are supporting indie games and what's going to be happening you know, this year with the PS4 and beyond with the PS5. I also think indies are just winning this summer. <laughs> like, obviously, we're t you know, Ghost of Tsushima's coming up. We're talking about Last of Us Part Two. There's a lot of really big releases, a lot of stuff we're anticipating uh, that we're going to be getting this fall. I think they've been winning for an entire generation. I mean, from, <laughs> just from a marketing perspective. You know, like, I feel oh. like really when you look at just kind of the mass of attention that's being spread across all of these events, all of these live streams, um, go indie games. Um, so what, you know, 
I am a little nervous that the PlayStation Indies initiative will maybe last as long as some of the other initiatives that Sony has done around PlayStation. But well, is there that? That's the thing I was thinking mm-hmm. is because like I have friends who are indie developers, and one of them told me I won't say who, but like literally told me that Sony actually said like we're done with indies we're not doing that <laughs> we're like right. not directly supporting that anymore that's not an initiative anymore obviously that doesn't mean they weren't still just taking indies onto their platform but they weren't like gonna do the thing anymore and then they didn't for like a few years and now they right. are like again S- yeah. sony and it, santa monica used to be like part of that studio right, was right. curating indies yeah and it's funny because it's i can't remember who blood or one of you guys said it on slack but it was like Oh, they need to fill in the the PS5 launch window with something. Yeah. Get the Indies initiative back online. Like, it's just funny to me. But yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I I'm happy that they elevate them, and I hope they just keep doing it instead of burning mm. out on it like they did last time. Yeah, uh, Shuhei was also on uh, Bit Summit Gaiden this weekend, showing off some indie games. Um, you know, some you know somewhat separately from PlayStation. Uh, the uh, the other thing I found interesting about these reveals is that I, I'm curious whether he said reveals because I know of several of these games already. Yeah, uh, Haven's been yeah. everywhere. Haven's this year. Up literally every Haven. Already, I haven't yeah. gone to the list yet, but I mentioned that Haven's going to be a part of the Xbox Summer Game Fest. Yeah, what's going on with this game? <laughs> Haven's is this? also in every single yeah. one of the Guerrilla yeah. games, Haven, Haven, and Haven, the Haven, PC Haven. games. <laughs> Um, and then recompile. I played like a year and a half ago. I thought you know. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, so, and we can get yeah. through some of these particular because uh, some of these I think are, are fascinating. Um, some of this is franchise stuff yeah. that we've known about. But uh, I do. I, I just please from a marketing perspective. I'm so curious about Haven. Does anybody have guesses of what what is going on? <laughs> is this just a, a super hungry dev that's just like everywhere? You know, yes, yes, yes. That just answers every see, phone call. It from replies again? to every uh, well, email. Well, it's from it's from the it's from. Those the, they made Fury right, and that yeah. was an extremely successful indie game. And so I I'm just speculating. I don't know the exact reason, but I think when you have that level of success and recognition, you're probably it's probably an easy thing to identify and want to uh, boost. Plus, it's also a really good looking game. I yeah, think just, that's what just I was visually, say, yeah. it's it's very captivating and, and easy to show off and and. Uh, eye-catching, so I, I imagine it's probably a combination of those things. Very few numbers is a bullet point that I like. In Haven or in the... In, in the Haven blog that I'm oh. scrolling through, yeah. Very, Very few, few numbers? numbers? <laughs> damage numbers? Explain. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah like what are you numbers. talking about? Oh, oh. Like... <laughs> Meaning they have them, but they're not... Made. So you don't have a precise... Uh, you, this is an interesting, actually. You don't have a precise health bar in combat but instead, characters show their health status through the color of their energy suit and by the way they move. Mm. Huh. I think that's I think that's one of the things that like I hope people aren't getting tired of Haven because it's not they haven't planned out the marketing campaign in, in in terms of showing like a little something new every time you see it. You know, it's like oh, it popped up. Here's a new character or here's a new world. It's just kind of them arguing, finding things, fixing stuff, floating around the world, cleaning up sludge. You know, sunshine style. Uh, it, it is interesting to see the games that platform holders and, and publishers kind of latch onto, though, because I do think mm-hmm. you see a trend when, you know, something like like Cuphead or or In the Blind Forest or like Grease get a lot of attention. It's just like, well, they're they're just so drop dead gorgeous that you know when people are watching a trailer of them, they're immediately mm-hmm. going to be interested. And I, I do think there's truth to that. There's they're montage makers. 
Yes, they're montage mm-hmm. pictures. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> uh, they pique your interest when you watch that montage. Uh, I do want to go through the list uh, right at the top, yeah. which I think is a very interesting game that I, I think had been uh, either demoed before or showed off or some people got their hands on it a long time ago, and it's been in development for like six or seven years. Maquette. Um, mm-hmm. and this game looks really interesting. It's a puzzle game. Uh, Ian, I think you would really dig this, where there's like oh, a yeah. world, world and a world and a world, you know. So I'm stoked about this one. <laughs> the, the, the the closer into the center of the world or the further out you go, the world gets bigger. So one of the uh, things that they showed um, when this game was demoed recently was there's a giant block, you know, that's bigger than you that is prohibiting you from going into an area. If you go closer into this building, you will see a smaller version of the world that you are also currently in, which is a smaller version of that block. So you can pick that up and move it. Um, and then you can, you know, bring that block into your world or bring something bigger into the smaller world. And um, it's it's neat. I, I get stressed out playing puzzle games, but this looks this like a nice marriage of playfulness and puzzle. Recursion, so they, Jones. If, if you told me this was The Witness 2, I would totally believe you. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But even Witness 2 is like, you are figuring this out or you are going nowhere. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there are places to go in the environment, but you're not getting across this bridge unless you do these five things. Where this, mm-hmm. I, this just definitely seems... Uh, to me, kind of like the process of figuring something out um, doesn't necessarily involve a lot of memorization, but just kind of like, I'm going to just play with this and just see what Their happens. Their company is called Graceful Decay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, the wor- cat looks amazing. Worms Rumble. Uh, I, and I have all of the specific verbiage mm-hmm. that was used in the trailer that uh, PlayStation released. The Worms are back and ready to battle in three real-time game modes, which I do not recall yeah. if Worms has done before. Real-time worms. Lots yeah, it's of, always um, been turn-based, right? Yeah, lots of hopping around shooting well, in real-time. not only that, but you're actually playing as a worm. There's yeah. 32 player matches. It's a very different game. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to group stream this. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's going to be sure. interesting what kind of chaos we get into. I'm curious about how much... Uh, did they mention anything about like destructible environments and stuff? Because that's a key part of what makes worms right, worms. Right, that's a great point. It doesn't yeah, seem I, to be blowing up in the trailer. Mm. Right. But no it does not. Mm. Who's okay. to say? Might Who's be to a, say? Might be but a mode. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Carto, uh connect yeah. missing pieces of a map to discover curious new lands. I was going to throw this at you Damiani, but you yeah, uh, you beat me to This game looks sick. Yeah. yeah. This looks it's really like good. a top-down yeah. Zelda Carcassonne. What's going on here? Just like having only like part of a world map that's like a puzzle and then being able to take existing pieces of your map Move them around to rearrange them to either forge a path forward uh, or to rearrange the existing parts into a different formation based on hints within the world you see. And the example they gave was like an uh, animal drawing a circle and you took the river parts that were like going which way and what and then you make them into a circle and it revealed a new thing in the middle. I was like, okay, yes, this is a. Uh, I mean, I really like the art style as well. It, I, I just. I don't know if there's another game that's done something like this. It just seemed really unique and different. And uh, yeah, this how seamlessly and fast they were altering, zooming out to map view, then going right back into gameplay, and like it was yeah. immediately changed. Like I love that. And you I, hug a bear. Oh, yes, hug a bear. You pay your respects to the bear. Uh, and they put music tracks yeah. uh, right into the blog, which is nice. Ooh. Yeah, this game looks jolly as hell. It's only like 20 second clips, but they're winning all of us with this one. Uh, Damiani, I just imagine the next trailer that they come out with. It says, Michael Damiani, Easy Allies. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the thumbs up. Heavenly Bodies, survive physics-based yeah. peril in this zero-gravity couch co-op adventure. Damiani says, yeah, again. 
What is it? What is it about this game? Uh, I mean, just the, the, the co-op and, like, the, the physics-based stuff, but in zero gravity, trying to, like, deal with, like, momentum and stuff. Like, there's clearly these great mm -hmm. scenes they put you in where it's, like, you're going to get, like, the airlock opens. Well, hold on and get shot out. Or trying to use, like, finding a way to get enough, you know, to apply enough force within zero gravity by pushing off a wall to, like, kind of jimmy something open. I was like, yeah. This, and in the 2v, it, it had, like, the, like, some, like, you know, of the, the getting over it vibes, the weird physics like that. It, yeah. You know, definitely very physics heavy, and I like that, and just co-op. There's going to be, like, you, you, lots of arguing with your person you're playing with, like, no, no, don't do this, do this and that, no, 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 ah, you messed it up. Like, there's going to be a lot of that going on, and I, I think it's, it has, like, fun written all over it. Uh, yeah, lots of potential group streams coming up. Um, and as, as many times as we've seen Haven, I di didn't really sink in that that was co-op. Um, because mm. we haven't really seen them, like, separate. I think we're mostly seeing single-player footage. But Yeah, so I, I, I don't think games. that they really talked about it that much. Mm. But it, it probably was mentioned. But I, I think that a lot of the, the footage we saw was most likely single-player. They say here it's seamless. So you just drop in, drop out, looks like. Noise. Creaks. Objects are not what they seem in a puzzling mystery coming to PS4 this summer. I think uh, this is awesome. Yeah, very gothic vibes. Kind of reminds me of what's like the alphabet of like dead children. What's the thing where it's like A is, <laughs> a is for Adam who fell off the tracks. B is for Betty who slipped on some tacks or something. It's like this what big... What kind of nasty what? rhymes are you listening to? Never seen this? <laughs> is Milo okay? Like, do yeah, we need to... What? Do we need to I check so. I don't have mind? a monitor out here, but I assume he's fine. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, like it's, it's, a, it's, a it's a famous, like, kind of dark humor art thing where there's just all these kids that just die horrible deaths, but they all have first names. Oh, I don't know. I've heard of every nobody. art thing. <laughs> uh, this yeah. is also from well, the somebody creators in the comments back me up. of Mechanarium, which was... That's what I was going to say. You know, that I was going to like, ah, yes. Amanita. Yes. Because I played that on mobile, and so I always have mobileitis where I'm like, I... That reminds me of a thing, but that could be a thing only I know about because I'm, you know, maybe the only ally that plays as much mobile as I do. Um, but mobile I think, games that, and dead baby. Was that, was that on, <laughs> I'm complex. Was that on PC, uh, Machinarium? Or? That, that was oh, on everything, Way before much, phones. Yeah. You're, nice. you're late to the game. I actually played that on iPad. <laughs> tablet, thank you very much. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then had my tablet stolen at game trailers, but that's another story. Uh, but yeah, it, it totally reminded me of that. So that's, yeah, that completely makes sense. But just lots of weird, weird puzzles, weird physics-based stuff. Um, lots of I'm not good at those games. Creeping <laughs> abduction. No, I'm horrible, yeah. Yeah, yeah I stuff. did not get far into that one, but I, I, I wasn't like super dedicated to it either. I just kind of picked it up one day. I think I, it might have been like free with something. I don't remember. I've beat. That was a long time ago. Nice. I've beaten many of their games. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's funny. Some it's one thing if you play depressing though. Like if you play like Monkey Island or Leisure Suit Larry, and you're like, "Oh, spray paint can. I wonder what to use this for." And it's another thing to play these games, and you you pick up an item like, "I don't even know what this is." <laughs> like, <laughs> some weird bagpipe looking, you know, thing. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, that uh, that game certainly looked a lot of fun animation, a lot of really fun sequences. Like you're saying, it's, yeah. a good, it's a good montage, good montage maker. Fist forged in shadow torch. Play a battle hardened bunny wielding a massive metal fist. Yeah, what the heck is this? Pr proud of them for that statement, you know? that. <laughs> that's it. There's not... I don't know if there's a ton more to learn about that game. Definitely really... seems like they had the acronym first. <laughs> sure. They, sure. They wanted yeah. something to spell things. FIST. Yeah. And then they went backwards from there. Looks yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm trying though. to get some... Look at some gameplay on this one. 
it's it's a platform. a lot of environment shots. It's a pla- it's a dark looking platformer with the bunny beating the crap out of things. Oh, yeah. there's a bear with the welder's mask too. Yeah, I feel like nice. Huber's gonna be into this. Yeah, he's gonna try and draw me. It looks like sure. um, shadow okay, complex. Oh yeah, yeah. Kinda? Oh gosh, sure. Shadow complex. Yeah. Is that is that the right game? I'm That's the of? Metroidvania. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It has a that kind of graphical style to me, I think. And yeah. the new Struder. It looks kind of like that oh, new yeah, Struder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like something like uh, Beautiful Joe, maybe. Yeah. Some air combos going on here. Uh, based on what was revealed in this trailer and what they're talking about this week, does Recompile look any different to you, Blood, or does it seem like what the... the I haven't got read? to actually look at the new stuff. I uh, believe that'd be Recompile. Recompile, Yeah, Recompile, sorry. for sure. Recompile. Uh, yeah, it was Recompile. interesting. Uh, it's been so long ago now, like, I can not even remember my own, my own impressions. But yeah, it's, yeah, Metroidvania in, like, a 3D space, third-person platforming. I do remember there being, like... Uh, like kind of an infinite double jump at some point that you can get, um, and yeah, oh yeah, these air dashes. I remember. Yeah, this. I saw yeah. air dashes. I was like, air dashes. I'm in. <laughs> I love uh, running down like a- long gray hallways towards an orange light. I'm not joking. That's like a, it looks cool. There are a lot of orange <laughs> lights to run towards. Yeah. In this, it looks like unless it's underwater. Uh, well, unless it's underwater, that's terrifying. Yeah. Everything the, looked like a red out. hue or a green hue, though. Like like the neon green or neon red. Mm-hmm. That would be the only thing I wanted to see a little bit more of. I know it was a really short trailer. Maybe you saw more of this blood. was a, a little bit more variety in the environments. It felt like there's like going back and forth between pretty much two different two environments only. I definitely see more variety in, in this trailer than what I saw when I okay. played it. So, yeah, there's there's some more like set piece looking... Uh, enemies and areas and stuff like that but yeah it's very much i think it's very much trying to have that like high contrast between dark and light this is something you don't see every day on a trailer at the end it says footage captured from a pc version of the game right before it cuts to Mm. the playstation oh sure (laughs) greatness awaits (laughs) i realize that we already moved on from this but i just want to say fist looks fantastic this is the first time i'm seeing oh cool it looks bonkers it looks really, really cool. I like that we're stoked on, on all of these. Uh, Where the Heart Is is the last one on the list, a narrative adventure that blurs the line between truth and fiction. Oh, man. That, there's a little too much of that going on. but um. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't necessarily describe it as well. doesn't make it stand out as much as uh, being a, a bunny with a giant metal fist, but it looks emotional. What are, we, what are we streaming next Tuesday for a group stream? I'm getting these games confused. It's not this. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's... Cr- Called We Were Here Together. There it is. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm playing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I wonder what Jones is talking about. We were here together where the heart is. Um, this looks cool though. It it's like yeah. it's like uh what remains of Edith Finch mixed with mm. like Kentucky Route Zero mixed with yeah, I don't know, yeah, like three D Monkey Island. I don't know. It's mm. weird. So there we go. Nine games. It's interesting because we had some press conferences, even just the Gorilla Collective over like three days covered so yeah. hundred, you know, over like a hundred different games. And then here places she shows up with just nine. And so I feel bad because there were a lot of events recently that we didn't necessarily spend as much time as we just did on these nine games. And but these were the nine games that PlayStation chose. And so yeah. it's curious to me, after all the events that we've seen, 
what it really takes for some of these games because I don't from what I've seen I don't necessarily think any of these games is like drastically that much better it's like spirit fair looks great there's a lot of games mm -hmm. I'm curious about that are not part of these nine games and so it's a bummer that we don't get to, to spend as much time focusing on those things I think it, there's kind of this and we, we touched on it before but even when we were watching stuff during E3, uh, there were things that it was hard to commentate on where it's like, okay, it's, well, it's, it's hard to know exactly what is going to maybe make a point-and-click adventure game special outside of the way that it looks, you know, when it's so reliant on narrative. Whereas looking at something like Fist, I can already tell just by looking at it that it is going to be fun juggling dudes, right? Like mm -hmm. that, that activity, I, I think, communicates how it's going to play a little bit more effectively than some of those other games. And it's not those other games' fault, it's just unfortunately being in... Uh, Genres that are that are more reliant on narrative. It's, it's always a harder sell. I like the idea too of of Shuhei Yoshida like collecting and like shepherding these forward. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know how much he's really doing or whatever, but I don't know. He, he gives me good vibes. I like Shuhei. Of course. So I I can yeah. see Shuhei like just knocking on your door and just being like, "Play this," smiling and yeah. then just leaves. Just Hands leaves. you like an That's unlabeled it. CD. Right. You're just like, "What is this, Shuhei?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I prefer the doorbell ringing. You open the door, it's on the ground, and you look up, and he just waves in from the car. <laughs> he's like running. He's, he's like oh, almost oh, back to his van. I was wrong about Demon Souls. Goodbye. Sure, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a note that's like, I'm sorry about Demon Souls. But that first premiere that we got of Xbox Series X games did have mm. a fair amount of indie stuff going on. And yeah. I, I felt, also felt bad because we were really building up towards that event, really just racking our brains to see, like, what are we going to see? What is it going to look like? And it turns out we got a, a lot of fun indie games in that package, but it was a bit of a disappointment. It was a bit of a letdown because we were just dreaming in all sorts of crazy directions where here comes Shoe, here comes PlayStation, drops them all in one day. Um, again, these aren't necessarily a part of some package. The others aren't all releasing the same weekend, but... Looking back, should Xbox have done something like this? Just kind of, ta-da, well, and drop those on us? I, I think what people got conflicted with is, like, we had this, this the, the way that they described it, right, as a next-generation showcase, mm -hmm. I think that created certain expectations, and I think going in the opposite way, kind of what PlayStation did, like, having the big reveal event, you know, having your Spider-Man, your Ratchet and Clank, your Demon Souls, so on and so forth, and then leaving a little bit of a gap and being like, here are all these smaller games. I think that just naturally flows a little bit better. Yeah, I think it was definitely the, the, the setup and the expectations, you know, because it's like Xbox knew that like they were going to be the first ones to show quote unquote next gen gameplay. And what they chose to do was to mostly focus on smaller games that weren't necessarily going to showcase the power of next gen and then on top of that many of the trailers didn't show didn't much in terms of gameplay, gameplay. <laughs> either and so yeah. it was a real like miss in terms of expectations but especially with assassin's creed mm -hmm. um whereas with this there were no expectations yeah. they just like in the morning they're going to announce that you know uh we're going to do more stuff with indies and here are some examples and you know, here are trailers that do show gameplay and <laughs> some messages from those individual developers so you can get an idea of what inspired their game and what's going into their game and all of that. 
in a more digestible way um, that you're not just sitting through something that you don't want to watch. You can pick and choose, you know, oh, that thumbnail looks interesting. I'll check that one out. Well, and yeah, so they announced that they were going to do this the night before. Because from my perspective, it came out of nowhere. They announced uh, it that was, morning, I think. They said, today, oh, okay. look forward to these things. And then slowly on their Twitter account, yeah, they, they came out. Yeah, they just kind of like trickled out throughout the day. And they had a big oh, montage okay. of them all at the end and a big blog post that pointed to all their different separate posts for each individual game. I, I've been so curious about what's going on at PlayStation, when we're going to get more news about the PS5, when we were going to see the console, when we were going to see the controller. And it's like in the past four or five months, there's only like one thing that they told us about ahead of time. It's like everything else is just like a Wired article drop. Here's the controller. Here's this other thing. And I think I kind of have to eat my words because it's they're making me happy. I like a lot of the stuff that, that, that Sony's doing. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with Xbox. It's not a comparison thing, but it's just from a marketing perspective, I'm surprised that there's no buildup to this because, um, you know, you have these big juggernauts releasing these big consoles. And uh, I would want to build. I would be tempted <laughs> to tease and build and, and kind of point people's... Um, attention towards stuff that we are doing but then these games come out of nowhere and here we are talking about them and we are excited about all of them so hooray for independent games also happy be, news oh sorry oh, no, so, excuse me just excuse kind me, of Ian. building on your thought i wonder if you could somehow like do a study about built up hype and how often it meets the expectations or disappoints in the games industry my guess would be more often a disappointment of course <laughs> than, right. you know so i think so, some things are just frankly insurmountable you know yeah yeah impossible like, we're not gonna that's why we didn't get like a half-life 3 for a long time because they were like that's not <laughs> you know like let's not do that yeah. to ourselves it's just too big of a risk forget <laughs> it but then they released alex and it was but then awesome. and it was good we got one of the yeah. best vr games ever this year congratulations to television and video games for eloping. They finally tied the knot. <laughs> They're getting together. Uh, there were rumors, you know, when Witcher and Castlevania came out on Netflix, but it's officially the TV industry is running off with near every single franchise that they can get their hands on. Uh, first and foremost, today, we should talk about uh, Fallout uh, being produced by Amazon Studios. Uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, responsible for Westworld, are going to be taking that on, who are also working on Westworld Season 4, which has been approved, and another show, which I um, do not recall the name of, but uh, they are a busy pair, and they're going to make a Fallout TV show. Um, from The Hollywood Reporter, the project is currently in development, but has a serious commitment penalty attached. That means if Amazon execs like the script, Fallout would bypass the traditional pilot stage and go directly to series. Or if it what? is passed over, all involved would be paid out as if it had. A writer is not currently attached, which is interesting. Okay, <laughs> that's a crazy. They don't, they don't have that script. They yeah. just they just bought into Fallout. Um, so, Fallout man, this is making show. me feel a whole lot of reservation. Yeah, <laughs> I bet I know what. Uh, was it the the ink spots <laughs> gonna be on that trailer? The ink what? spots. Hmm. They're always in the Fallout. Inks. Is it Ink Spots or is it, am I getting the name of it wrong? That the band that they always oh if I did yeah sure yeah the Ink Spots they are you know I mean of course I'm thinking transitions I'm like were there like weird Ink Spots in the trailer yeah I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about Blood? are we gonna get flagged just for saying the word Ink Spots <laughs> I have to sort of ground myself because if you would have said you know years ago like hey a, a Castlevania TV show is coming out like I would have I would have been like okay well that's gonna be predictably bad and i loved it 
So crazier things have happened, but uh, it, Fallout, Fallout is very weird. And I, I suppose you could apply this to Witcher as well, but with Fallout, so much of it is basking in the world of Fallout, mm-hmm. like kind of going from one point to another, putting the radio on on your Pip-Boy and just kind of getting lost in the world and, and, and experiencing the environmental storytelling that's going on and just sort of like they're games that prioritize uncovering things. And then on top of that, you know, choice is so much yeah. a, a factor in Fallout yeah. with like which companion are you going to invest in and bring along with you and get to know um, what like what faction are you going to align yourself in? So it's it's weird to adapt that to a TV what show. What mutated cereal do you like? Yeah. No. Yeah, right. Like, what chems are you addicted to? But, and and I, I was laughing at the final episode of Westworld season three. I thought it was atrocious. So West, like, having the Westworld association is not well. And like, something Westworld into, is but. so labyrinthian. Like, it it's so needlessly obtuse. up its own butt. Yeah, and like, yeah. Fallout, if you strip it down, typically pretty straight ahead main storyline. Like, mm-hmm. find the Garden of Eden creation kit. That's it. Like, right. you know, right. do this. Find your dad. Like, <laughs> right. start this machine up. Like, that's usually, like, what you're trying to do. And then, like, the rest of it is just the, you know, like you said, your choices and stuff. So my hope is that they don't, they don't go Westworld on it and just overthink it and overcomplicate it. Cause like if they make just like a straight ahead little story, it, it has great potential because like those are the things in Westworld that really sing is like the visuals, the character moments and like those little kind of individual character through lines that I think in a fallout setting done well would be really exciting. But yeah, cautious. I'm cautious. on this. Yeah, you bring up Witcher, and it's like, that's, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it simple, but, like, they're adapting the novels, you know, mm -hmm. so they they have a roadmap, and so they just have to figure out what is going to work. That's a good point. Well, they also have a lead character. For an episode. Which Fallout does not have, so. Right. Yeah, so, like, when you say Fallout, it's just, what is it? You know, you have all of this lore to work with. But yeah. like none, like even saying like none of those main storylines are really something that you would necessarily grab onto and adapt. I also think with Fallout, in the wrong hands, it would be extremely easy to focus on the wrong thing, and you see this a lot with adaptations. Where What's it's the like, wrong thing, Ben? Let me know. <laughs> well, well, it's like like they they do the kind of thing where it's like, see, don't you recognize that? It's the Brotherhood of Steel, guys. Right. Or 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 like similar sort of pandering where it's like yeah we know like we we know what that is like please have have more than just kind of like iconography or like old-timey music like i i I think like to me it's like the 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 way to do this right is like blood reset is like because each game like a lot of the games take place in a different part of the country and stuff. So you have this lore, you have like your map built out. I would say like do do a new story. Like this is the one video game adaptation where I would say do a fresh story. Don't just try to do, you know, the game yeah. story again, which no one ever mm-hmm. does anyway. So this will probably be the one time where they just try to redo a game. But like uh 
set it in that world and then yeah let your own thing like I'm, I'm picturing almost in a weird way like season two of the leftovers but like funnier and zanier like weirder like that kind of vibe might work Boy, I don't know. weirder than season two of the leftovers yeah, but like, tall is season two of the leftovers funny at all <laughs> well weirder one, in a fallout way yeah. you know because oh, fallout's sure, sure, a little sure. tongue-in-cheek whereas course, leftovers yeah. is very serious yeah. um but like that I mean, kind of vibe with like a group of people, you know, trying to do something, and then someone obviously has to go on a quest at some point. It, in a weird way, the concept of something like a Fallout Shelter is very, very interesting. If it wasn't, you know, mobile game garbage, but yeah, yeah, uh, but that's, I, I but think, that's a sitcom, you know, that's a right. Well, but I, I just what I'm trying to say is I think just the concept of living in a vault, yeah, and the kind of society that that kind of springs up from that it, there's a lot of interesting stories to tell there in a very well, uh, linear way that could be awesome and if if my assumptions of the interests of uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy from Westworld are correct they'll probably focus on and highly incorporate vault techs weird corruption and like vault tech yeah. using yeah. the vaults to like experiment on people I would love it if they go to the Gary vault <laughs> somehow oh. in the show. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. But yeah, I think yeah, there definitely has been a lot there. of cool, yeah, a lot of cool lore with those different vaults and and discovering what makes them tick. So it would yeah. be, it would be cool to get little um, nods to those things. Kilter no, Films is the group that they Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. That's their company. Uh, Kilter Films, Athena Wickham, Bethesda Game Studios, Todd Howard. And Bethesda Softworks' uh, James Altman will executive produce. Uh, Over the last decade, we looked at many ways to bring Fallout to the screen, said Howard, executive producer at Bethesda Game Studios. But it was clear from the moment I first spoke with uh, with Jonathan and Lisa uh, a few years ago, and they are that they are the team. Uh, that they and the team at Kilter were the ones to do it right. We're enormous fans of their work and couldn't be more excited to work with them and Amazon Studios. So it was Bethesda that were like, ah, you know, they, they had lots of people make offers, but it was uh, after Howard saw season three of Westworld that he knew. Oh, my God. That this was <laughs> really going to be the thing. It uh, started out so good. Yeah. The first yeah. part of season three was good. Yeah. Todd Howard, Jonathan Nolan, and Lisa Joy, peak of their careers right now. Really just <laughs> the last, the last works that they have released are just, mm, you know, um, but but I do really think, and I, it's funny you guys are making references. Like I I do not have I have zero experience. I know about Fallout, like, uh, and I have been curious to check that out. Obviously, Open World, which definitely speaks to me. I Wait, just have you not, have you you haven't played that much Fallout? Didn't play three. Didn't play New Vegas. Didn't play Jones. Four, didn't play, yeah, these are like I haven't played as much as I would love. Did, like, did a uh, retro before four came games. out. Yeah, I know. Um, but I got super absorbed in three. Yeah, oh, I was. So that's where most of my experience. I would. From. I mean, I would love it if the whole show is first person and the pilot is literally just the first twenty minutes. Oh, there's yeah. no speech. It's literally just like. It would be so. You know, bad, if Joe. they made opening about? up a door, like looking at an object, you start like, as a on the baby. Shelf, like, yeah. If they made an entire hour-long episode where there is no dialogue or music or any like combat at all, and it's just somebody in like an abandoned school sifting through trash for an hour i would applaud that yeah that would be very 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 funny it's it's on a weird 
It's yeah. not a weird, it's kind of double-edged sword. It's like on, on one end, you know, I, I see this world is so big that there's so much potential and there's so many fun ways that they could do it. But at the same time, it's such a, you know, beloved franchise that has kind of been run through the ringer a little bit, you know, uh, recently. Um, and so it's like there might be huge expectations at the same time or, or one specific way that like, you know, mega New Vegas fans, which I, I just hear about that game a lot. People are like, that's clearly the story you need to tell. And like, this might, good. this might not even get close to that. So, um, Well, one thing that I think is funny sometimes with something you know like fallout and it you know I, i'm making this a little bit simplistic but it feels to me in a lot of ways that it it draws its inspiration for like mad max yeah uh, particularly like with raiders and and things like that oh yeah absolutely yeah so it's funny to see something it's like fallout in a way it's already sort of its own like unofficial adaptation from film and then right. it gets adapted back to television well actually i was so thinking like what would yeah. a george miller fallout series look like because that'd be pretty bonkers oh, it'd be it's like making a tv show on like the original donkey kong it's like well this is gonna be awkward <laughs> did make a donkey kong country show also potentially awkward a disco elysium tv series is in the works from the yeah. sonic the hedgehog producer yeah, that when I read that story, I was like, the the who now? The what and the, the where? What? <laughs> Studio ZA Only slash Only in 2020 UM. could that headline exist. Uh, the developers of Disco Elysium are working with DJ2 Entertainment, which uh, made Sonic. Um, Will so, Jim Carrey play as the main character? I don't see. Oh my gosh. Dude, sad Jim Carrey would actually be a pretty perfect <laughs> Could be good. Detective. Off the deep end Jim Carrey role, which is saying something. Like he puts Jim Carrey on 40 starts- pounds. Starts in his underwear. Yeah. Can't remember what the hell is going on. The role on. Jim Carrey was born for. God, that game is so good, dude. So, yeah, we so we, we played this. We appreciate it. You go back to our goatee talks. You know, we, Disco Elysium came up a ton. Um, Ian, you I think you're the first person I always think of when I think of Disco Elysium. Uh, yeah. The, studi- the studios is involved. This is something that they want to do. Well, but this is thing, a this like, is a very weird game with lots of splinters in various directions. Like, how do you... The, the game is like an extension of a novel that I think one of the people who wrote the game also wrote. Unclear on that detail. Forgive me. Mm. But uh, if they're involved in writing the show, I have the utmost faith in this show. I mm. think that it would uh, be what it needs to be. Be like a unique spin on it. Like I don't, I don't anticipate they would just kind of try to rehash the game but even if they did like the game is so literary and the dialogue is so well tuned that i think that it would work fairly well kind of if they did a straight adaptation too so but the or world does that is work cool. against it though because like literary writing doesn't necessarily come across if you voice it well that's the thing is the dialogue is all you know reads as dialogue in the game and then the prose is narrative oh, sure. very literal literary so like they would just i imagine they would shoot it in a very kind of classical kind of way yeah i'm picturing like a bergman or like a <laughs> yeah kind of like a uh tarkovsky kind of vibe to the to the, this show which would be pretty wild but yeah you hyped i y'all i'm all in on this cool <laughs> uh well it's the fallout definitely goes for photorealism and I think the worlds are fascinating but they're the faces of those characters I think fall a little bit short just Bethesda in general it's got Bethesda uh, face there's yeah. gonna be there gonna be awkward you know interactions with various Bethesda faces Disco Elysium though like I mean obviously these are humans in this game but like the, the they're 
you know, made to look beautifully grotesque in a lot of instances. And so I wonder if that's going to hold up or if you just even bother with that. Like, are there going to be weird dream sequences or animated portions of it? I wonder. Such a, yeah, a distinct style. I think style. costume design could really stand out. Yeah. And and I think that this is just a shot in the dark. I, I, I bet, I'm willing to make a bet that you don't see the main character's face until he does. Like, mm. even if that's just a couple of minutes, like, until he looks in the mirror... Ian, but are you like, willing to make a bet, or are you making a bet? I'm making a bet. I bet that when this show, if it comes out, my my other bet is I bet this show never comes out. But if, <laughs> if the show comes right out, uh, competing I bet against that yourself, you don't see the main character's face until he does. What are the stakes? Uh, I don't know. No stakes. <laughs> Someone else has to come up with stakes. No, I'm betting against nobody right now. Yeah. I don't know if I'll take that one, but if I think of steaks before the podcast is over. Oh, we got to get some good Ian steaks. <laughs> oh, now I want steak. DJ2, uh, which is the, the Sonic peeps, also own the license for four separate franchises. And I would like all of you to let me know which of these four separate franchises you would like to see them also make TV shows on. Life is Strange. Okay. Oh. We Happy Few. Yeah. Vampire. Oh. And Sleeping Dogs. Huh. Oh, I mean, all four of those could be... Huh bangers in their own right i think life is strange and we happy few might be the a vampire would be sick too yeah man think about it yeah. i think we happy few could be a better tv series than a game potentially oh yeah yeah we happy few's yeah. got more potential as a show fizzle. than a game like that's one of the yeah. few games where the cutscenes were my favorite part <laughs> yeah that poor game what was oh, the fourth man. one uh, Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs. Sleeping Dogs deserves justice man. <laughs> Sleeping Dogs 1 is so good. Such a fun game, such a good energy with it. Like, come on. Well, what? The, it's just wasted, just completely wasted. Well, it's interesting. I mean, Life is Strange clearly steps, you know, sticks out for me in that bunch because yeah. it's like it's that that franchise is rocking. You know, like that's the sales are doing well. I'm, I would imagine we're going to get a Life is Strange three. Whereas we I don't mean th- this in a critical way though, but like, mm-hmm. Life is Strange is already it's already a TV relatively show. close to a, a tv show and I, I don't mean that in a in a condescending way yeah um and, and you also have the story branches that disco elysium has and so you run into the issue right. of are you going to take that yeah. story oh, in a direction yeah. that you know people are like i didn't this didn't happen you know like i'm not i'm not interested in it because this doesn't uh, mirror the experience i have whereas i wonder if a we happy few vampire or sleeping dogs television show that was successful would then mean we get a sleeping dogs too someday right you know right like how does this Good stuff point. bounce back and forth I'd want Steven Soderbergh and the team that made The Nick to do Vampire. I'm so bad at that. Whenever people are like, who would you want to cast as this person? I'm like, I don't know. For some reason, yeah. I can't. I, just, <laughs> I, really I, forget, I forget every writer, director, actor that's ever existed. Get, uh, was it Clint Mansell or Cliff Martinez? I think it was Cliff Martinez to do the soundtrack. Whole team from The Nick. Just move them over to Vampire. I mean, The Nick is canceled, but. Clint Man, I got to play Vampire. What? I'm in a vampire Clint Mansell score Requiem for a Dream? Yeah, I think so. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're both great. I was thinking about Life is Strange, that, the point about the player authority in the game version. Um, maybe if they could score a deal with someone like Netflix since they have technology and pull a Bandersnatch yeah. situation Yo. where it is all live action, That's but you still are idea. making the choices. Sure. Because Damiani... I think it'd be a really great thing to get that game out into more people's, like, I mean, literally in their hands, but exposure. Yeah. Because never underestimate how lazy some people can be. 
and sometimes even just like the effort to go play a game like eh, no but then they sit on netflix like oh yeah I'll just do that it's on netflix i already have it open and stuff i could do it in my bed blah blah blah. i mean it, the more exposure that series gets the better but also it could be live action and you could pre- preserve that choice factor in there i, I wonder really if good. netflix Damian. liked bandersnatch I got the impression mm. that it like wasn't as huge a success as they wanted it to mm. be. I think it was also reason. an experiment. I think it was also yeah. like oh, yeah. a, a Well, test, they've been talking about know. interactive stuff for a long time. And that's, you <laughs> this know, is why they pay you the big bucks, dummy. Well, they, Netflix operates. Netflix is willing to lose money all the time just to like be the first to do something or, or be unique in, in, in a weird way. But yeah, I definitely got the sense that uh, they were like, we'll see how this goes. Um, but, do yeah, you I ever wonder- get a Netflix like Easy Ally sh- show? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've and got just... some. I've got some ideas. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I wonder if anybody, Ian, did anyone watch the Castlevania series that had never played a Castlevania game and then just went straight to Symphony of the Night? Do you think? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, sure, certainly, certainly. I think anybody I bet, like, like people in the what? comments will say that this is a yeah. video. I could play this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, and because it came, the that Requiem collection came out not too long ago, and oh, sure, yeah. Symphony of the Night's on phones now. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, and of course, we talked about Witcher, which is going to be, we're going to get season two and likely more seasons of that. HBO's doing The Last of Us. Showtime's doing a Halo series, which, man, did I forget about that. When was and that announced? I don't know if that was announced. I just think that's been a development for a long time. Again, well, they you, were... you see DJ2 sitting on these licenses for these other games. I think it's that situation where it's like, they can, mm-hmm. they can do something. Because well, didn't Halo, like... they had like Microsoft yeah. Film Studios or like Halo Studios, like, We've got eight years short ago that, series and animated movies yeah. and live action yeah. movies, they canceled yeah. all trailers of them? that were movies and tra- yeah. I feel Halo's, like this has been all over the place yeah. right at this point. That I don't know how well that even that will do if that sees the light of day. Right. It's funny. I'm I like after all these years and after skipping a lot of Halo stuff, I still love that series. I still am excited about Halo. But like I, you know, whereas I'm like, ooh, Disco Elysium TV show, Fallout, a series, a franchise I've never experienced. I'm curious about that show. I can't believe you've never played Fallout. Whereas a Halo Those shows like, like the most Jones shows. <laughs> we'll see. Or games. The most Jones games. And to Man, wrap up, I, oh, just just Halo Infinite. I I've been thinking about Halo Infinite off and on lately, and just how much I hope sincerely that that can be the shot in the arm that I think mm-hmm. everyone needs it to be. For sure. Everyone within Halo, everyone at Microsoft, everyone in All gaming, everybody, everybody. Everyone, okay. just the shot in the arm Whether the we, world needs. Like, whether we played or not, we all win. Yeah. I mean, it, just going, thinking about Halo and it, at least from my perspective, just as a fan of the series, how momentous Halo 1 felt, how momentous Halo 2 felt, how momentous Halo 3 felt and Reach. Um, I just want it to feel that way again like we're really pushing things forward this is exciting this has i don't know i i just want halo to be in that position again you you get the news that my friend pedro is going to become a tv show and you think okay but you hear that (laughs) that's weird john wick creator Derek kolstad is going to be involved yeah okay (laughs) okay 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 where's the continental show you bastards the what let's take more john wick the the what's it called the continental Right? That's the hotel That's from Jungle? Yeah. The There's, a show. There's a show Wait. called The Continental. There are a lot of shows. <laughs> the John Wick TV show that's been in development for like four years. Oh, based on the hotel. Okay. I don't know these things. This is not a television podcast. Again, this is, I'm bringing in mm-hmm. some Damn interesting it, news Jones. here. 
but there we go. So yeah. <laughs> the coins. Damn it, uh, Witcher, Castlevania, Last of Us, Halo, Fallout, Disco Elysium, my friend Pedro. What's next, I wonder? Uh, this is not super happy news, but I feel that we need to talk about it. Ben, you are have been educated on the matter. I have not, because this is not a an event, frankly, that I am familiar with, and this is uh, um, just absolutely hot news because this is developing literally as we are speaking right now. Um, but I was going to report that uh, both Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat backed out of EVO because uh, the uh, director of EVO, um, the head of EVO, was... Um, uh, accused Mr. Of, Wizard, yeah. Was accused of sexual misconduct. And almost immediately after I typed that sentence into my notes for this podcast, Evo has been canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we talked about last week, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of social change that's happening right now. There's a lot of people that are using that opportunity to, um, you know, gather up the courage to, you know, to, to, to make accusations or um, to, to put a spotlight on these things. None of these have canceled events. None of these have done something, you know, to this extreme. Uh, some of these might slow down development of some of the projects that these people, or obviously slow down careers of some of these people that we've been in, you know, uh, that we've heard about. But Evo canceling is its own thing. Uh, where are you sitting currently right now with this news, Ben? Uh, it's very... <laughs> it sucks. I think, I, I don't know how else to say it other than it sucks, because just as a fan of Evo and somebody who's been a fan of Evo for a long time and always like, you know, a lot of people look forward to like the Super Bowl. I look forward to watching Evo. Like Evo is just, I, I have so many memories of just getting together with friends and laughing and having a good time and enjoying fighting games and going last year in person was a dream come true for me. So to, to see this happen is heartbreaking just as a fan of it. But I absolutely think that like, Weed it out. Get this stuff out of there. This does not belong by Evo. It doesn't belong in the fighting game community. Like, whatever needs to happen to make this stuff stop, awesome. Um, I think it is uh, unfortunate that it has to come uh, at the expense of Evo being canceled, but it, that makes sense considering Mr. Wizard's position within Evo. Um, and I think that's totally okay. Um, I do wonder uh, what this means maybe for games that we're potentially going to announce things at EVO, and what this means for competing tournaments. Like, a good example is Combo Breaker, right? Where that has really grown in um, prominence, and the community is very into it. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, man, Combo Breaker was already better than EVO. So uh, I wonder if you're going to kind of see a shift in in prominence, um, and if if something like Combo Breaker will just get bigger and bigger and bigger um, anyway. So... It's it's very interesting, um, and I wonder if like, you know, if SNK was going to show off King of Fighters 15 gameplay, if they're gonna do their own event or something, or just release it mm. on its own. Um, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> uncertain times for sure. One thing yeah. that was interesting is that they said they're gonna refund all the fees, but still donate that amount, which I thought was. Hope. Yeah, yeah it, was pretty it came cool. from uh, the cannons, actually, I believe. Um, cause one of them was appointed, uh, I forget which one, sorry, was appointed uh, to take over the the business. There's, there's a lot of weird business intertwining stuff that people are concerned about with this Tony as well. Cannon. About what, what was going to... Uh, thank you. Tony Cannon put out that statement saying that, yeah, they would do, as Ian said, would refund as well as donate to Project Hope, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. is who they're going to do it to. But, yeah... 
this raises a lot of uncertainty about the future, but it also brings about the possibility for good changes that might yeah. be necessary for this community. To, for, to the first point, pretty much the, Evo as a brand is probably dead. Uh, you were seeing a lot of people in the community oh. who were saying Evo was Mr. Wizard, that you cannot separate mm. the two, and that wow. it will forever be interlinked, and that's going to be tarnished forever. And the best they could do is to like rebrand. If the cannons want to rebrand and make something different, that's their own. That's definitely a possibility. But those two are tied up with Riot. They're working on their fighting game stuff. Like they have a ton of work on their plates. I I wonder if this is just an interim thing where they might need to seek out either handing this off to a new guard or they just close shop altogether to say like hey we have other priorities right now and we think it's in the best interest to retire evo and allow something else to spring up in its place but the other you don't think that in in terms of priorities that they they wouldn't take a back seat on the riot stuff and, and focus on evo i don't i mean it depends I, I can't speak for them i mean mm -hmm. they they were always been involved along with Seth Killian. Seth Killian's also involved with this as well in the running of Evo. That is, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So I wonder what they're what we'll find out in the probably the coming days or weeks what that will be. Um, I, I think the potential that like working with Riot and working on a, a new project there is probably their first priority. But like Evo, probably Evo definitely holds a huge part of their lives for them. It's part of their like life's work. So I do think they don't want to see it vanish, but and this in this situation i just don't know what you could do after something this horrible has happened to this thing and it's going to be forever linked with that I, I think the point the second point i wanted to like touch upon it might indicate what maybe needs to happen is that one of the mantras of fgc is like we, we're grassroots we, we we did this ourselves we're, we're old school and we're not like too corporate like esports i hate to say it but this might have been the wake-up call that maybe that doesn't work when you don't have oversight, when you don't have a lot of people putting more pressure on you, sadly, when more money is involved and, and corporations' reputation are on the line, they will, should, and sh they should be, and doing more vetting, essentially. That to, to having more checks in place, having better policies in place to make sure that these environments are safer for everyone, that this type of stuff isn't allowed to run around. But obviously, as we're seeing the past few weeks, even big companies are, are guilty of this. Some of the biggest names. So it's everywhere. But once things clean house, I don't know if turning it back over to, you know, just the community is going to be good enough unless they have a, a the right types of voices rise up and like kind of like say the right things and say, we want to make this a better place. We want this to be more inclusive. We want to have people feel safer here. We want to erode that image of being more of a like a, a community that's had history of toxicity with misogyny uh with homophobia with racist shit it's like we, we they need to maybe clean that up a bit but this might be a time for like the individual companies like capcom bandai namco maybe they're gonna go their own route maybe well, they, they they've are... already they've already gone their own route i mean that's it, but been i mean like thing this, have no ties generation. to any like a lot of these things they no, basically but that's, say that's what i'm saying is is like leaning it harder into the world tours like Capcom that they're already Cup doing and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, but I mean, they might have they might have full leverage, is what I mean. That th these tournaments, like, hey, here's what the schedules are going to be and stuff. Like, Capcom's like, no, you come to us. We dictate everything. You follow us. We have complete control over everything. It's like from down for the streaming, who runs the stream team, stuff like that. That it's all in their power. I think you will see a shift potentially because of this. 
because they will not there will not be trust from the companies to work with these organizations anymore because of this. Because it's hard to tell if this was going to happen anyway, or if um, you know NetherRealm and, and Capcom like really had you know a tremendous impact. It was just kind of like the domino effect where they were like, well, we can't you know. If, if they're I mean, making that statement, it's too quick to say something totally. would have happened anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but just, yeah, just like, just, but just like you yeah. know, Damian said, having cor- have this corporate oversight, having these people, you know, really the, affecting how how these you know tournaments are going to go. The thing about the corporate oversight, though, is is as as we have seen time and time and time and time and time again this generation, is you cannot force it. Um, something that that is special about Evo is. And, and not just EVO, other tournaments are this way as well, but people just didn't get as excited about some of these games um, as they wanted to be, you know? Like, just because you throw a bunch of money at it, just because you have sponsored events, that doesn't mean that there will be a strong, lasting community that fills around this stuff. And I think something that makes EVO special is you have moments like melee uh you know this this ancient game getting brought in uh years ago finally showing up because the fans demanded it and having this huge presence uh even something like undernight last year um things like that those are really like the lifeblood of this thing and i think no matter how much money you throw at it and no matter how much you try to uh force it I, I don't think that can happen, I, and it, it just doesn't work. You know, the community has to be excited about the game. There has to be, it, it has to be about the players on some level. I, that's also why I say it depend, really matters what the community does going forward from here. Because I think mm-hmm. to clarify a little bit more, my 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 thoughts on this is that I don't necessarily want this to happen, Ben. I think mm-hmm. companies are going to use this as leverage now to try and force this sure. as much as they can because of this situation. But I think you're going to see that the fighting game community, hopefully, it's more than any one person. It's more than, like, it, it, it's more than big-name people. It's, yeah. it, it, from, I've seen stories come out also, people like, this has just been about, like, getting together people and having fun. And, like, playing games and having fun, which is what it honestly should be about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very important who those voices are that come out of this that try and maybe correct course and try and steer the ship into this new direction there's definitely a potential for the yeah for the 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 people to rise out of this to create a it doesn't have to be i don't think it's gonna be evo or maybe it will i don't know i don't think it will be a new event something that could become the replacement for it we've seen things come and go in every industry like nothing is necessarily we will we lament things we feel bad we feel attached to things that have been allowed for a long time but mm-hmm. once they've been unearthed to be like not good or something's wrong with it, the the changes that come from it, you get something new. Net, new doesn't always mean worse or you know even like it, people fear change. But a lot of times it turns out to be it's not that bad. It's actually good. You're still gonna have that feeling. You're still a potential for an evil like situation. A massive tournament held in an event where like the world's best fighting game players get together and play. We, we, obviously, you pointed out, Ben, very you know astutely that there are other events there that maybe could already rise up to this if they mm-hmm. want. Like you said, uh, Combo Breaker uh, is one of those, and uh, that could be the solution. But at the same time, someone could come along and create a new thing. And I, I think after a few years, people will be it'll be fine. But this is a process. I think people need to have the time to have their voices be heard. I think the community needs to do a lot of self-reflecting about. 
about calling out this stuff why it hasn't been uh, why some of this has been allowed to happen the acceptance for some of this stuff i mean going uh, going back 10 plus years with this with the community seeing stuff that happened i mean there, there have been previous situations that have happened in this community that have been very questionable that have led to suspensions that have led to people to question the reputation of this community and yeah i think some soul searching needs to be done basically Sorry for that. That was a little long, but my no. I, I, I again, I, I don't have a lot to contribute to this conversation. I appreciate you guys, you know, uh, speaking out. They're very much involved in it. And Evo Online was already a shift from what they originally had planned, and so yeah. Um, well, Evo, uh, Evo's definitely got to improvise this summer, or at least a lot of the, the companies that were currently involved in it. It really sucks because <laughs> due to the shift of Evo Online, things that wouldn't have gotten as much attention, like, them's fighting herds and Skullgirls are are just, you know, they may never get that sort of mm-hmm. scale uh, again, and that's that's really disappointing to see. Um, and, it, like, I know a lot of, it meant to a lot to a lot of people that, that Killer Instinct was coming back, and it's just, like, mm-hmm. it, it's a shame that shitty behavior is ruining such a good opportunity. Yeah, Ben, and, 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 in terms of not just exposure for the games, like maybe lesser-known games getting a moment to shine on a big stage, uh, accessibility for players. Yeah, and Not everyone can afford to travel to these big events across the world. Uh, uh, we talked. I talked about recently with uh, like uh, some of the Yo Video Games crew, like Kenny and Steve specifically, were mentioning that uh, they would love to see online-style tournaments continue, even as a, if things ever return back to normal in the world, even as a supplement to the main events, like having Evo Main, even Evo Online, where lesser-known players get a chance to participate because they can't afford to do the trip, they can't afford the hotel, right. they don't have the big sponsors. It was just a way to get average play, like average name people out there, and honestly, it was like more like a, a better playing field. I think. I mean regardless of netcode and stuff just you know the larger the playing field the the more you could the, the it leads, leads more than authenticity to saying you really were the best if you beat everybody like you're trying to beat the best in the world everyone should be able to compete shouldn't someone should be precluded because they don't have the financial means i i totally agree with that damiani um and I, I think something that's frustrating about kind of the online tournament scene that has definitely been trying to do its best uh considering the circumstances is it just, I think, is hard to reach a broad audience sometimes. Like, a lot of people just don't necessarily know when these tournaments are happening and, and where they are, and so you, you miss uh, a lot of uh, casual viewers or, or, you know, people that aren't keeping their finger on the pulse as much. And that's something that Evo had. Uh, I think even if you yeah. weren't invested in fighting games, uh, you knew about Evo, and you might have even, like, super enjoyed Evo. And I think part of that also comes down to you could watch Evo and expect announcement you could expect dlc announcements you could expect potentially new game announcements you know um and so i hope on some level uh maybe publishers take a little bit of a risk and and invest in something uh smaller to maybe draw some attention to that i think that would be really cool um I'm, i'm sure the community would appreciate that as well Definitely still an evolving story, so I imagine we're going to get more news uh, yeah. out soon. It's later this summer. I want Sonic Fox to like step up and head a new thing. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, there's there's people in the community who, as far as still as far as we know, are really good people and have championed really good causes and should be like the voice. I think again, like anyone who's still holding out hope for like literally like the Evo brand, 
I mean, just to play devil's advocate, there's going to be calls for investigations. They want to, people are going to want to know who knew about this for how long. And yeah, well, they say yeah. there's third party investigations so happening. Yeah, you cannot until that's resolved and stuff. You, you cannot even start to speculate about the future. But it does. It, it's not looking good because I think the most re- one of the more recent things I think Mr. Wizard did admit, tried to post an apology and did admit to doing things in the past. Uh, I didn't actually read the the full apology, but I see some uh, responses saying it was not a very good apology, more of a I'm sorry I got caught type apology, which, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not them. I can't tell how authentic it is, but, you know, that's that shit. If that that shit he did was true, that's extremely effed up. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. The stories in the last few days have just been like how. I, I've always understood that even though you don't see it all the time, there's always like harassment going on. There's always people being assaulted, but the extent of the underage shit going on is just like okay. Uh, I, Wait, sorry, I yeah, I was like I'm not feeling good about humanity right now. I was like I, I mean that shit exists, but like people, so many people, names you've heard of doing this stuff. It's just like, and how frequent it is. It's just like all right. Th- so, something needs to something needs to change. Like this is not right. There's something r- wrong, very wrong at the root of all of this, and this cannot continue. It, it's just so yeah. And I think we are just kind of in a climate um, for all sorts of different reasons why you know that have led to a lot of these things to bubble to the surface. And so I don't think Evo is going to be the end of it. I don't think. Uh, I just think it's worth bringing up because it literally just happened right before we started recording, and because. Um, like we're saying, like, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla was brought into this, you know, because of their staff. But like, I don't, you know, I'm not sure how how badly that's going to affect the development of that game where this was canceled. You know, this is something that is no longer going to happen. This is something that's affecting a lot of people uh, on all, you know, ac- across the board for, you know, from players to organizers to, to big companies producing these games. So um, be interesting to see what what more news we get this summer. Also this week, a lot of other stuff. Fortnite Save the World finally leaves early access, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was the thing I was going to talk about, but we talked about Evo instead. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two sold more than 4 million copies. Uh, last week I said it sold a lot, uh, we just didn't have that exact number. Uh, this is good news. A Plague Tale Innocence sold a million copies uh, just oh, one year oh, after nice. release. Nice. Yeah. Go Plague Tale. So that was yeah. on Game Pass as well. Yeah. Uh, I think that was something that people really, really enjoyed. I heard. I did not get to check it out, but uh, th- they did have issues with it. So it's one of those games where like, I'm excited to see if either we get a sequel or if they do something different, what a developer does next. Uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles will have a free-to-play version for just the first three dungeons. Which is yeah, it's an interesting way to test that out. Rare, yeah. rare for Final Fantasy, rare for Square Enix. Uh, documents leaked further teasing a Lockhart version of Xbox Series X, but we knew that. Uh, Discord has apparently raised a hundred million dollars in venture funding to expand beyond video games. We'll see how that goes. Oh no! Tra- yeah, <laughs> they're already trying too hard. Discord. Yeah, they're already trying too hard mm. to be Slack and every other thing. Ah. Like, oh boy! Oh boy! Hundred mil though. What? <laughs> Didn't they do something recently that just kind of? Oh yeah, they were trying to sell games and have exclusive games, oh, yeah. and then like, that went away. but that lasted like three or four months. Yeah, and like, yeah that, that, let's not yeah. do that. Didn't last. You can do I don't, anything with the hundred. This card is so irritating to me. <laughs> it's uh, such like a weird interface. 
to I, it's something that I'm getting to know. I do not have experience with Discord, but I've been taking a crash course in it just because of uh, all of us working from home. Twitch banned Dr. Disrespect, which you might be like, didn't that already happen? It did. It happened again. We do not know why. A lot of people are throwing rumors out there, but apparently it's permanent. Um, so, boy, are we going to be hearing about that soon. Somebody's going to write a book about that. BitSummit streamed for about 24 hours in Japanese, so I do not have a lot of news from that. I guess the Curse of the Moon 2 release date came from that. Is there anything you yeah. wanted to add, Blood? That was right at the top. Uh, well, we had mentioned earlier that uh, Shuhei had highlighted some games. Mm -hmm. uh, they played quite a bit of Fight Crab in there. They played a few other different games. And then they had a lot of partners. So it was really, you know, it, it was kind of an interesting thing to, like, pop in on during the weekend and just, like, what? What is happening now? I'm not sure I understand what this is. <laughs> Man, I, f I feel like Fight, Fight Crab falls into that wonderfully special and rare category of, like, the more broken and busted it is, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crisis Remastered was leaked, then the official announcement was re and release were delayed. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I usually buy into the whole idea that stuff is leaked on purpose just to see how people will react, but kind of seems to f factor into that one because that, that did work out. out. We, they don't know. Okay. No date. No new date. Um, uh, they just know that people were not happy with what they saw. Uh, and so the announcement was delayed, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, we'll, uh, we'll announce that later. Um, and speaking of things going back into their shell, Amazon's Crucible launched and then went into a oh, closed man. beta. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. What is going on? Amazon, the company that owns Twitch, made Crucible, which bombed on Twitch. <laughs> So there and you then go. Unreleased itself. And then unreleased right. itself, which is not something you see every day. Uh, Tales of Arise has been delayed. No new release date announced. Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Japan has been delayed. No new date. Uh, Nintendo President Shuntaro Furukawa apologized for Joy-Con drift. There you go. Oh. But then said because of the lawsuits that they, they can't, can't say what it. they're doing to address it. What's it? What's it? But they're improving their product. They're sorry. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV's Reflections in Crystal delayed to August 11th. Hype, Damiani? Hype? Is there hype there? So, uh, we already knew it was being delayed. Uh, they, they announced the date. Ah, okay. Uh, but the more important thing is that they cannot make up the time, so everything going forward will be on a two-month delay. Which means oh. all content will be staggered, mm. which probably means the expansion next year will not hit in summer. So that they did apologize. Like they said they said they did not oh, want sure. to sacrifice yep. quality for yep. rushing, and that they didn't want to expose the staff to crunch. So. These are the days of delays. Even when uh, Baldur's Gate three right. Ben announced what was what they were going to do in August, they were like, eh, <laughs> you know, like we're I, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're pointing our finger at August, but you yeah. Know. I, I think I think humanity at this point is delayed. We're just delaying, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're delaying yeah. humans. Avalanche that Final Software's Fantasy sounds like a, sounds like the name of a Disney nighttime show. Reflections what? in Crystal. Yeah, I actually didn't Reflections? remember or know what Reflections the in Crystal Water, subtitle Water was. Waterworks like, Fire Show. I was like, I thought it was yeah. a CD. I was like, Jones, wh yeah. why are you bring up a seat? I was like, is this a CD <laughs> soundtrack? What are you talking about? I was like, oh, it's it's a new patch. Okay. Uh, how much I'm really if, following that if game. it was a soundtrack, Blood would weigh in. Uh, the Harry Potter game, uh, all but announced being made by Avalanche Software, is reportedly coming out in 2021, but who knows. Uh, Tencent the one that created... was leaked 100 years ago? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Which they said was no, open world, which I don't remember if that was if we knew that when we saw that leaked yeah. footage. To me, it's crazy. Like The most interesting part of this story is that they have been working on a game for 100 years, which is never... Right? Like, video yeah. games didn't even No one's exist. even done that I can't watch yeah. that documentary behind the scenes. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tencent created Lightspeed LA, a U.S. studio in Orange County, to make AAA games. 
good luck to them. We'll see how that works out. Another place that mistakes Orange wow. County for Los Angeles. We'll see. Ubisoft yeah. debuted a new battle royale called Hyperscape, and I played it. Mm -hmm. Check out the preview. Uh, Zynga acquired Istanbul-based mobile studio Peak for $1.85 billion, like you do. PlayStation stopped advertising on Facebook as part of the hashtag Stop Hate for Profit campaign. Microsoft yeah. also did this, but Microsoft yeah. is teaming up with Facebook Gaming, so, <laughs> you know. That's weird. <laughs> that is yeah. funny. Those messages. Uh, but yeah, uh, some other brands like Coca-Cola. Oh, sure. Yeah, lots, lots of yeah. big brands. Yeah. Uh, just for the to them. Just for the month of July, I don't know if all of them are just doing July, but I think PlayStation is just doing it for July. Right. Uh, um, speaking of fighting games uh, and controversy, the Smash Brothers community rocked by several sexual yeah. harassment allegations that I will not get into specifically, but that is a thing that happened. Uh, and on a lighter note, Brie Larson started a YouTube channel. <laughs> she talked about the Switch with iJustine. Isn't that jolly? Uh, a lot of people nice. were curious because she like tweeted out. She was like, I made a decision. And everyone's like... I'm making YouTube videos. We're like, oh, come yeah. on. She's yeah. a star-studded video. I watched, like, the first few minutes of it, and she just yeah. kept introducing new people. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. But she rattled off well, all the stuff It's kind of like the Gary Witta thing, right? It's like, she just keeps getting these guests. You're yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's not fair. Uh, and sad to report, uh, Byron Bernstein, a.k.a. Reckful, sadly took his own life at 31, uh, a uh, uh, prominent World of Warcraft and Hearthstone, but primarily World of Warcraft player. Uh, very sad news, and um, the community around World of Warcraft is uh, reacting very passionately, having all sorts of services and stuff. Reminds me of when Carrie Fisher passed in, in uh, Star Wars Old Republic. They were having services for her. Um, and so, uh, very recent. Um, sad to wrap up also this week with that news. But um, uh, again, if uh, this is a very tough time for a lot of people, and uh, if you are having uh, issues, there are lots of suicide crisis lines you can reach out to. Definitely reach out to help. Uh, definitely uh, reach out to the people that uh, you love and love you if you are having these issues uh, because that is not news that I like to report on this podcast but uh, that happened and lots of love to his fans and his family it is time for Love and Respect Love and Respect an attack corgi says hey guys oh, good name if you could speak to all game developers and or publishers for 30 seconds, what would your message be? Your voice would be streamed directly into their heads simultaneously. Cheers. You're hacking into all publishers and developers for 30 seconds. What do you say? Definitely write bigger checks for reviewers, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> ben, why? Ben, why? For people who don't understand humor, that was more a joke. We need more special <laughs> yeah, editions. Yeah, Ben, Send Ben, us more special yeah. editions. Our cyberpunk reactions, people legitimately did not realize that you were joking about the Keanu thing. Oh, every time, man. Like, it's just it's just sarcasm, <laughs> folks. There's not a lot. <laughs> not a lot you can do to change. Uh, like, how did he not know? I'm like, <laughs> he, he knew. Has he been living under a rock? Maybe, uh, that. take a look at what's going on right now and, uh, yeah. <laughs> learn something from this. Right. Do your fix homework. Fix your, uh, yeah. Vet. Vet fix like your crazy. Environments like your and hire. Depend on it. Hire better, please. Yeah. Yeah. Starts with that. And don't take camera control away from me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I uh, really, like... really tone it back on the forced slow walking, please. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah. It's really, really grinding my gears. You've got SSDs coming up. No more of that crap, please. Yes. <laughs> really, really. I don't want to see another one. Uh, and remaster SSX Tricky. <laughs> mm. 
Sponge All Jam, everyone, everyone. Yeah. Everybody yeah. starts doing it. They're like, I'm yeah. compelled. The developer of Ooblets is like, what? What? How? What? <laughs> Four <laughs> different, con- yeah, like twenty different competing SSX. You incept everyone. I mean, we got the skateboarding games right now. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Everyone can take a shot. All the people that are like in like early development on skating games are like, oh crap. What, what can we do? Snowboarding. Wait, okay, Snowboard. snowboarding. Okay. Let's play a game. Sponge J1. Hello, allies. While sitting at home staring at my back catalog, I started to wonder how long some games would take to beat versus others, which has led me to come up with this little game for you. Time splitters. It's simple. Ooh. Out of the two games listed, which, according to how long to beat, is shortest. Favorite site. Is shortest. Note, this is for <clears throat> the main story of each game, not the completionist or main plus extra times or anything. It's just the main story. Which okay. one is shorter? Very appropriate to kick off time splitters with Time Splitters 1 versus Time Splitters 2. <laughs> Shit. I'm going to guess Time Splitters 1 is shorter. Me too. I'm going to go with Time Splitters 1 as well. Time Splitters 1 is one and a half hours. What? One and a half hours? What? Quick game. Oh, sorry. Wait. Maybe a. What? Yeah, it says one and a half hours. Well, Time Splitters 2 is 11 hours? That can't be right. I did copy and Could paste be. this. Uh, Maybe 10 hours? I guess we'll just yeah, have to go have, long. It might be, ten, sure. it might be 10 and a half hours? I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, we, I mean, we can... Yeah. I don't have this. Yeah, sorry. I think that one was mistyped. Um, <laughs> while you research that, I will look for the next one. Shovel Knight. Time splitters, one and a half hours, main story. Wow. So we're okay. right. Yeah. All right. Main <laughs> story. So see, that goes back to, like, a Fallout situation, right? Right, right, right. Because, like, I remember, was it Matt Blair? Who was like, he just checked out of Fallout 3 because he got through the main story in like four or five hours and then never saw the rest of the game. <laughs> wow. Awesome. I wish I could crit path over that sounds amazing. Games, but I just absolutely cannot do it. Um, Shovel Knight, original, not Treasure Trove, versus Celeste. Ooh. Celeste. Uh, I'm going to go probably with close. Celeste. It's, close. it's Celeste. really hard because Celeste even more than Shovel Knight, is about overcoming difficulty, and so it yeah. makes it really tricky to judge, like, mm-hmm. what somebody's average might be. Compared yeah. to I'm going to guess Shovel Knight. I'm going to guess Shovel Knight. I mean, I think Shovel Knight was definitely faster for me. Yeah, I think so, too. They're probably close. Uh, yeah, I they are guess. close, but it is Shovel Knight. Six and a half hours, while Celeste is eight. Hmm. Burnout yeah. 3 Takedown versus Burnout Paradise. Original, okay, Blood, give not us the answer. Blood, it's Burnout 3. Burnout Paradise is 13 and a half hours, while Burnout 3 Takedown is 14. Oh, I think you can call either. I didn't, a, I didn't get a can to throw in there, but I was starting to lean towards Paradise. That's it's so weird close. because, like, a lot of racing games, people, they just, you don't complete. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Paradise is weird because... Uh, the open world stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's like, how much time you put into it, like, you, you re-race. You keep right. playing the same race over and over because you want a better time or, or whatever. Uh, and in crash mode, you want to you want to get that like high score. Halo One versus Halo Two. Halo Two oh. is super fast. Halo Two. Yeah, we we beat Halo Two pretty quickly in Halo co-op. Two is super yeah, super Damiani fast. Yeah, just did this. Yeah, I, did, I mean, I don't remember Halo One, so I'm gonna I'm gonna huh. go with Halo One. Halo uh, Two. I, I didn't know it was known for that, Ben. Yeah, Halo Two is nine hours, while Halo One is ten hours. Uh, so Halo 2 is the shorter one. Telltale's The Walking Dead Season 1 versus Telltale's Batman Season 1. Oh, no, oh I, I don't know. Yeah. Batman. Well, Batman, I guess. Yeah, I'll go Walking Batman. Dead wasn't very long either. It was like no. an hour-ish, Batman. like 60, 90 minutes Maybe it is Walking episode. Dead. In the season, not just not the first episode. 
yeah. Telltale's Batman is eight and a half, while Telltale's Walking Dead is thirteen. So Batman okay. is yeah, okay. the shorter okay. game. Doom sixty four versus Doom three. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Doom 64. No idea. Say. Doom 64. Yeah, I'd say 64. Doom 3 strikes me as longer, right? but I haven't played 3, so. Doom 64. I feel like it should be a weird thing like Doom 3 got criticized for being too short. No. It's, it's longer than Doom 64. Uh, Doom okay. 64 is 7 hours. Doom 3 is 11 hours. Oh. Yakuza, uh, Yakuza Kiwami versus Yakuza 0. Yakuza Kiwami. I mean, come on. I'll yeah. go with Benny. Sounds <laughs> no. very good. Ben. Trust Benny. Yeah. Yeah. 18 hours for Kiwami, while Yakuza Zero is 31. Ukulele yep. versus Banjo Kazooie. Ooh, oh. uh, Banjo Kazooie. I want to say. I don't Short, know. Right? Ukulele levels maybe. get way bigger and stuff. I'm, yeah. I would go with Banjo. I'm gonna go with Banjo. Banjo Tooie is crazy long though. What do you say, Banjo Tooie or Kazooie? No, Kazooie. Kazooie. The first one. Yeah, Kazooie. Tooie is way. Tooie would win, but you can cruise through Kazooie pretty quick. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Ukulele. You can cruise through Kazooie in 11 hours while you can cruise through Ukulele in 15. So, Banjo-Kazooie is the shorter game. Okay. Hope you all had fun. If you liked it, maybe I'll come back later for more. <gasps> the tease. Oh, sorry. I was saying which was a longer. My bad. Love and respect and sorry sure and false sponge day one. It was. Ukulele is a bigger game. Um... Y2Kyle89, salutations allies. I have had the Hades Town recording stuck in my head and in an effort to get it out. Mm. All of you know about Hades Town, right? Yeah. What? Produced what? by one of the many producers, but produced I by. I mean, I don't know by? the producers. I have produced no idea. Cliff I thought you Blazinski. meant Hades the game. Oh. Yeah, I did Hades too. Town. In a town. Hades Town Hades is a town? musical. Hades Town, one word podcast, in musical. Jones. I'm so lost oh right now. Oh my gosh. God damn it, Jones. What is this? Man, Anime comes in this podcast right and left. I bring up musicals <laughs> once. All right, I'm going to start once. talking about Dragon Ball now. Because right? someone in the house gave us $5 so Vegeta, for the month of Vegeta July. Vegeta didn't let oh episode. And no. sometimes <laughs> I think you tell people, like, like friends that are, like are, don't know about us or whatever, they're like, all they do is talk about Smash Bros. and Dragon Ball. <laughs> that is pretty accurate. When we were back at the studio... 45 minute conversations about Smash Brothers and Dragon Ball. It would like interweave into each other and then Naruto yeah. would get in there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, uh, take take note, Y2Kyle89. Not appropriate uh, a statement that you've given us. But I continue. Hades Town recording stuck in my head. And in an effort to get it out, I begin to think what video game do you think could have slash make a good Broadway musical? Ooh. Oh, Rhapsody. Ooh. The, the PS1 game. It's, a, it's yeah. like a musical RPG. It's all about like singing and stuff. Oh, then along those lines, like Parappa yeah. and Umjammer. Well, yeah. yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. I know it's something they really want, but there you go. But I'm trying to think of like. Dude, Parappa the musical would be amazing. What? Parappa? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I'm trying to think Incredible of like music. a non already musical one, though. That would be good. Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. Brother! That is great. The sniper wolf scene. Yeah. <laughs> Does love, can love bloom on the battlefield? <laughs> yeah, of course. It would oh be perfect. Oh, my gosh. That's a pr that, I don't know if we're going to top that. <laughs> um, pretty good. I've always enjoyed when people add lyrics to Mega Man songs, so I think that could work. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Those are good. They're all wrong, though. The answer is Kingdom Hearts. Wrong? Um, Time for bets. They're wrong, Jim? <laughs> I'm a musical theater major until I became okay. a film major. Time for bets. <laughs> oh, wait. Where'd you? Oh, 
Yeah, that just go- makes me smaller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because the, your head is smaller. I thought we were about to get like a music video or something. Uh, next week's bet: Iron Man VR launches oh, tomorrow. Yeah, you broke it last week. Uh, <laughs> I have this game. I was we we got this game early. I would really like to review this game, but I have not jumped in yet. It is on my PS4. I have not started it yet. Nobody on this panel has played Iron Man VR. Some of you nope. might have beaten Iron Man VR by the time you listen to this podcast, but we do not have access to this information. How long into the game until we hear the word Tony? We're starting the clock right when we hit new game, right from the menu. Ian. One on. minute, six seconds. Ooh. Ben Moore. One minute. You can't even see this. Whatever. Yeah, one minute, One minute, 30 seconds. It's on there. Oh, it's upside down. Ooh. I mean, I got. I, 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 I saw it as one we minute thirty. It. Yeah. I usually, yeah. One I, minute thirty seconds. I usually wait, but that's yeah, my bet. One and a half minutes. Um, Michael Damiani, what's your bet? Two minutes. Ah, we're we're thinking. We're thinking. So someone's going to talk to him. Someone's going to be someone's on the radio. Talk to him right away. Saying Tony, Tony, you gotta go left. Uh, it's going to be close. The snozberries taste like snozberries, Tony. <laughs> I've got one minute and forty-two seconds. Oh, but but yeah, but Damiani got the high. But okay, okay. Yeah, Damiani, you got high. I've got Lock the low. Mm. Last week's bet, which I'm gonna have to do in real time because I totally forgot to do it before the podcast, but it's good in case they tweeted one more time. Borderlands Three: Bounty of Blood DLC launched last Thursday. How many times will did the official Borderlands Twitter account tweet uh, by the time we do this bet? Let's see. They retweeted Randy Pitchford. That didn't count. Yeah, be careful not to count those retweets. Talk amongst yourselves. Let me just rattle Watch those usernames. Really yeah. Um, that's a retweet. Okay. One. And that's a new show. That's a retweet. That's a retweet. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a retweet. Next week's bet. How many Three. guns are in Borderlands 3? <laughs> Four. Five. Is that calculation count? like it has to be like six? All you have to know what all of the variables are, right? right. You yes. just right. have to multiply it. Uh, and I'm starting uh, on June 26, which is the uh, the day after we recorded the last podcast. So from last Friday until today, they tweeted a certain number of times. I bet they would tweet 13 times. Daniel Bloodworth bet they would tweet 14 times. Ian Hank bet they would be tweet 12 times. Bradley Ellis bet that they would tweet 11. They tweeted six. 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 I like the way you said that. Six. Six. Uh, oh man, giving Brad that win. Which one of us is Brad? Which brings, which one of you is Brad? I think <laughs> Ben is Brad because Brad was the one from the week before. And Correct. This, yeah, this would have been. Oh wait, Ben's. no, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, but the, it would have been Ben's second week if he had been here last week. Correct. Which maybe would make. Well, okay. All right. Whatever. Um, I, Damiani, are you, are you are you upset by that? Did you want those the, the, no, the to close I'm out the show? The are you okay bit. passing that on to Ben? There we go. I'm I'm okay. All right, we did it. Bringing our scores to Jovial Penguins five. Why is there always someone who brings eggs and tomatoes to a speech? <laughs> Perfect. Astonish Scorpions four. <gasps> ah! <laughs> Let me tell you about Patreon.com/slash Easy Allies. 
If you would like to support the Easy Allies, there's lots of ways you can do that. If you're watching the podcast, we definitely appreciate that support. If you want to get the podcast early, you can go to patreon.com slash easyallies for $5 and above. You get the podcast on Fridays as opposed to Sundays. And you can also be involved in Gaming Gladiators, which I do at the start of the show. Or you can um, submit questions or games or comments, uh, conversation starters for love and respect. We would greatly appreciate it if you would go to patreon.com slash easyallies because that is how we operate. That is how we make a living. Obviously, we have revenue coming in from other sources, but primarily patreon.com slash easyallies is where we make most of our money. And it is a fun place to go to learn more about the allies and potentially find other things that you would not find on our other various media channels, including all of these fun people that I'm about to mention on our shout-out tier. Ian, you always start, and I always go after you, but Damiani, you're going after me. Mm -hmm. Ben, you're going after Damiani. Bloodworth, you're going after Ben. No need to lean into the mic. We don't need to get louder. Just give me a little shout-out after I mention Mm -hmm. Blue, Caleb, Togi Crawford, El Fanis, Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering, and one of our patrons gave us a sponsored tweet in honor of Black Lives Matter. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Clean. Ben Moore. You get to promote any Easy Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you've disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped in your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign off. Okay. Hmm. Uh... The Easy Allies video I want to promote is I truly, truly, truly had a blast playing Left 4 Dead 2 with you guys. And I think that it is a damn good stream that is immensely entertaining, or at least it was entertaining from my perspective. So that's that's on the Easy Allies Plays channel. Super worth watching. Uh, Left 4 Dead 2 is an incredible game. We had a blast. It it was both tense, but there was like, you felt the love in the room. For sure, I like Jones that. Yeah. Pretty salty at the end. Dude, I felt I fell off one of those mall bridges, and I just I I don't know if I've ever felt worse on any easy. I was like, I'm sorry. I felt Jones, I heard it in you your know voice. what I love about your saltiness though is like, and I I do I love this. Your salt I can tell when you're getting saltier and you're getting like a little bit more annoyed, but like. You still are nice. Like, you still go out of your way to be nice about it. And, like, yeah. those two forces fighting each other, it's it's really. Uh, it just a gets more and more sarcastic. Yeah. It's like just yeah. very. It's a friendly but sarcastic suggestion, you know. Mm-hmm. No medkits. <laughs> that was fun, though. A good time. Uh, point I want to reiterate make that Melody Solid musical. That'd be a damn good time. <laughs> make it campy as hell. Would be super, super fun. Nano Machines. Um. Tremor sign off, Sophie is our supreme ruler. Bug snacks and Doritos or something, I don't know.